Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, Patriots Day comes out... uh... Pitch Day comes out this week, I guess, as we're taping it. I'm going to see it Wednesday night at the screening. Uh, and I noticed Dick Donahue, who was, you know, injured, gra- almost gravely injured in the, uh, in the shootout of Watertown, bled out, you know, very, very lucky to be alive. Also, a classmate, a caddy classmate of Sean Collier, was tweeting about it and conversing with people back and forth. Uh, Dick went to the same high school I did, grew up in Winchester, graduated five years later, which I didn't realize we found out later on in the podcast. I thought he'd be a good guy to come in and talk to and Ben, you listened to it. We just we just wrapped it up. I don't know. It was maybe a half hour conversation. Yeah, just about a half an hour. Pretty good, I thought. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, the the biggest thing I took away from it was I got to call my mom and figure out what blood type I am. True, that's a good. I, I have right. no idea. I know I'm either a universal donor or a universal recipient. I just don't know which one. Well, no one's going to shoot you. I don't think. I hope not. I shouldn't guarantee that, actually. (laughs) Me, it's different for me. I'm almost certain that's going to happen, so I should probably probably figure that out myself. See, that's where I think it might happen for me, too, because I'm constantly (laughs) with you in the same studio. So you'll be like, Cleese, when the line of fire, you'll jump in front for me if it comes down to it? As long as someone's shooting a plastic gun. (laughs) That's good. If Newton's own, uh, what's his name? Um, Who? The the actor, the bad guy in in Line of Fire. uh, Oh, John Malkovich. If Newton's John Malkovich comes, he lives in Newton. I thought he was in Cambridge. Or there's a Newton? I thought it was Newton. I don't know. Anyway, Who cares? We're it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you're right about that. And, he, it, it, and my takeaway from it uh, is he's one of these guys, and we, we've, on, on our show, I know you guys have as well, we've talked to a lot of these survivors. And a lot of these people, and some of them uh, don't take it as well as others. I know I wouldn't. Some people get out of it and are more optimistic, and he is a glassful kind of guy. I mean, he just is. He's remarkable when he talks about it, how calm he is. I, and he's gone through hell. I think you'd be kind of like me. You'd be bitter. Sure. I, I'd be very bitter. A lot of guys are, and I understand that. But he's, and it's not like he's one of these guys who, you know, got shot, bled out, uh, forgot everything, got back, rehabbed, and is back to, you know, as, as good as ever. I mean, this guy is still suffering a lot physically, yeah. as he details, and is really, you know, kind of able to put a lot of this stuff aside and keep moving forward. Pretty admirable stuff, I thought. This is one of those, this event, is one of those events there where you were as a kid and you'd talk to your parents about the Kennedy assassination and they would be like, yeah. you know, they were probably in elementary school and be like, sure. I remember everything about that day. I remember where it was. You know, 9-11, we all yeah. remember everything. For me, it was a Challenger explosion as a kid. It was a big day. That was a really big day. I was a little too young yeah, for that. Right, but that's one of those days for when you for kids who were 9 or 10 at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, sure. and this, you know, event, no question. I remember everything about it. I lived in Watertown at the time. And I remember getting the call from my friend at, you know, 1230, 1 in the morning saying, dude, there's something going on. I just saw about 50 cop cars just speed by my house. Right. And I never went to sleep. I stayed up all that night. The program director at the time, Jason Wolf, called me at 6 in the morning, making sure I was safe. Called me at 4 o'clock that morning, told me to get in here. That's going on. And Dino oh, he and called I, me back <laughs> at 9 and said, right. get in here. I was like, Dino, I'm on lockdown. Dude. Dino, Jerry, and I started the show that day at about five o'clock. I mean, I didn't want to tell Dick this, but I feel like we were kind of the, we were the real heroes of that day. In a lot of ways, <laughs> we got there an hour earlier. You, you, yes, you yes. have often been the real heroes. Of I, I try to be, and you know, I he saw the movie and he was tweeting about the movie and had some thoughts. And you know, I am going to go see it as I said Wednesday, and I'm not struggling with it or anything. But it does seem strange to me. 
Uh, and I understand this is life, and I'm not. Somebody's going to tell somebody what to do with their money, but it does seem weird that this, this movie does really well. Mark Wahlberg's going to make thirty, thirty-five million dollars because these idiots laid these bombs out and killed people, and people lost their limbs. It feels wrong. It feels off, if that makes sense. Does it feel similar to you as the feeling when United '93 came out? A little bit, but I'll be honest, not really. In that, it, it, as terrible as nine eleven was, obviously, Too far removed. It, a and B, I'm in Boston. I mean, I'm, I'm in. It just feels different. And the one thing I'll say about United ninety three is there's no face of it. They, they purposely sort of cast unknowns in that movie. That's fair. And Mark Wahlberg is a really big star and has tied himself in the Boston in this movie. So that part, and I'm being inconsistent because you know. I'll go see Saving Private Ryan, or I'll go see United 93, and I'm not going to sit there and say, I can't watch this movie. This one, it's going to be in my head the whole time, and I'm going to be judging it while I'm watching it. That's absolutely fair. Uh, my girlfriend came up to me the other day and said, we have to go see that. And I was kind of, I don't know if I really want it. A lot of people talk to me and say, that we, we did a couple hours the other day, and you get calls, and it's fifty. It's like 50-50. There are people who will not see this movie. I, the reason I'm iffy on seeing it has nothing to do with, it's more about a quality thing for me. Well, I just don't know thing. how good it's going to be. It's, I think it's going to be hard to pull off. But uh, So we had Dick Donahue on with us for about a half hour. He talked about the movie in some length, talked about his own experience, what he's going through, how he's doing now, and how he's going to do in the future. A good conversation and a timely one with Dick Donahue. That was actually, i, I got to say, that was a pretty funny tweet like a week ago. That was pretty good. That was a good spoiler for those who haven't seen the movie, right? Yeah, I mean, you wonder what happens to that guy yes. that's rolling around on the ground. Now we know. He makes it. (laughs) What is it like? uh, Well, I guess I'll ask first. uh, Was that scene depicted? And what's it like watching yourself in a movie, you know, being shot? Uh, You know what? I've already lived through it. uh, So nothing (laughs) can really replicate how uh, how things perfectly 100% went down. It's not something you'd ever think would happen. You know, you go to work one day. And you know, I know it's a few years later, but a few years later, uh, there you are um, on the big screen. It's uh, it's kind of weird and, and extremely surprising to me, coming from just what my life was like before that. I mean, are you st- are you sure, even almost four years later, exactly what happened? Um, not too much. I, I've recovered a little bit of memory, but I, I have a lot of memory loss, even going back six months before uh, before that event. So. Um, I, I remember that like split second and being like, "Uh oh, uh, this isn't good." Right. And then, uh, and then, really after that, um, waking up a few days later in the hospital. I guess I'd ask first, um, what did you think when the movie was first announced? What do you, and did you think uh, that was your thought process? Well, this kind of has to happen. This is part of life. You know, these things happen when there's a war. There's this or that. Movies are made. What was your first reaction? Just, this just doesn't seem right to me that people are going to make money off of what I went through and Sean Collier and obviously the Richard family. I mean, what, where, where were you when you first, from a thought process, when you heard the movie was going to happen? Um, you know, thinking back, I, I could think back to being in the hospital bed and say, here, here we go. You know, it, it, it's going to happen. It's a big event, a uh, big city. Uh, lots of good things came from it as well. So I, I'm, I'm a realist. So I realized that, hey, this is probably going to happen at some point, and you can you can really just hope for the best because you can protest all day long, you can support, support it all day long, um, but in the grand scheme of things, it was probably going to happen regardless. So just kind of um, deal with it and, and live my life kind of separately. Um, you know, when everything was first announced, my wife was about um, eight and a half months pregnant anyhow. Right. So I was, I was waiting for um, baby number two. That was what was the most important thing in my life. So, um, 
you know, that, that certainly takes uh, takes precedent. Were you were you consulted during the process of the movie? Um, a, a little bit. They 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 pulled in a few people. I, I talked with um, with Peter Berg and, and the um, writers and uh, some of the other folks. I'm not sure what their what their titles are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they wanted to get a, a feel for uh, uh, for some of the stories and some of the experiences that uh, that I went through or other people went through uh, around me. And uh, and then they invited us out, or invited me out to uh, to a couple of um, I'd say shootings, but that's not a good word. A couple of uh, tapings. Right, right, yeah, so, um, yeah. During the uh, right. When I say when I say shooting, you know, you're gonna. Well, I think you're allowed to say it. I'm probably not in this conversation. You could say it. I can't. So so I guess I'll ask. So you went and you saw it, and I mean, what do you, what did you think of the movie? Uh, you know, I have a lot of conflicting. Um, conflicting emotions. I can tell, man. That's it. why. That's part of the reason why they ha- why I wanted to have you on this. I can tell just from Twitter. I can tell that you know it seems like you're. Which is listen. I mean, I'm in, in no ways is a criticism. I totally get it. As much as I could get what somebody like you was going through in the situation, there has to be just uh, you know massive confliction, right? Yeah, of course. You know, you you want them to show everything everything that was good, but you know it's not going to be a six hour documentary. Um, so again, being a realist. You know, I came and I said, I hope they at least give it a pretty good shot and realize that, you know, they're going to have to embellish some things. They're going to have to leave um, some stories out. You know, there's thousands of stories that could be told, incredible things that happen. And, and just realizing that, um, that you know, some things are going to have to be uh, be left out. And, um, you know, luckily I'll get to savor some of the um, stories and, and relationships and some of the things that uh, I'll only share with just a few of my friends and, and family and um, and just you know appreciate everything that I have on my end. Well, what were the what were the issues? So when you saw the movie, we can get to the stuff you liked, but I'll start with first. What are the couple of things that you didn't like? <sighs> I'm not going to talk too much too much in depth today. Um, you know, there were there were some things that I certainly think that that could have done better or could have been developed a little more um when sean collier was uh was killed it it really sparked um a chain reaction you know it was earlier that day that the suspect photos were released Mm -hmm. and um just a few hours later a police officer gets killed um so now everybody's looking for a terrorist who to be honest a lot of people thought it's led town at least from you know being a boots on the ground kind of guy and now um, a friend of yours gets killed, a police officer gets killed, and, and people are, are flooding into Cambridge. So it's it's not only are we looking for the Boston Marathon bombers, but, hey, hey somebody just killed a cop, too. Um, so it struck a chord that I don't think was, was quite um, focused on a lot in the uh, in in the film. Yeah. How about, how about the idea that... Did you, did it bother you at all? And it, I mean, listen. I, I mean, I, I, the fact that Mark Wahlberg is an invented character in some, or a composite character, and he's the lead in this movie, is sort of feels wrong to me. Is that is that a legitimate criticism or no? I, I can see where people are coming from on it. Um, again, it, it's something that I had to kind of realize that um, at least they're saying he's a um, a made up type character. You know, there's there's a lot of stories. A lot of heroes. I don't. I don't consider myself a hero, but there's a lot of heroes. A lot of people that did some incredible things that week, and uh, it, it would be hard if you had uh, 50 lead characters in it because I think you could have at least that number. Sure. At, at least that number of, of truly incredible things that 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 people did. 
that people did. Can you explain the the the, the Dennis Simmons situation to me? Tim Whalen, the state rep, came out talking about it. I know, obviously, you knew him. Uh, uh, he was he, he was received a head injury from I think a pipe bomb uh, when it happened, and died a year later when he was exercising. It seems to me the family is not happy he wasn't included in in the movie. Is that is that accurate or no? Um, that that sounds pretty accurate. You know, I realized um, um, earlier this year that he may have been missing that story, and I certainly voiced my opinion afterwards that you know he was the fifth and and at this point final victim of the Sarnayevs, you know, carnage throughout uh, Boston and Cambridge and Watertown, and um, you know, I think personally that that he should be. Um, included at the end and, and certainly mentioned because, you know, he died because he went to work that day to, to fulfill his duties, fulfill his oath, and, and do everything, anything he could to, to keep people of Boston, keep people of Massachusetts safe. How about the idea that we've had, we have had Mark Fucaril on the show a couple of times, and we've, our producers have talked to other, uh, other survivors, and there seems to be some frustration that, and, and this is, again, it's hard for me to do this. Mark Wahlberg, if the movie does well, he's a producer, he's a star, you know, some people say you can make up to $35, $40 million off this movie. And they've donated, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I, I'm not a big fan of telling somebody what to do with their money, but it feels off to me. Is that is that something that you echo, or do you or do you stay out of that, or where are you on that? I, I tend to stay out of it. I mean, from a business standpoint, they don't have to give anybody anything. You know, it, it, oh, sure, it's, right. business. It's, it's their job. Um, you know, so, so at, at one point I can see where people are frustrated, but on the other hand, they— they are doing, you know, they are doing some things for charity. They're given to the American Red Cross mm-hmm. as one of the, the big charities. And, and as you may or may not know, that I was a major blood recipient. Right, sure. For the folks at the Red, Red Cross, I wouldn't be alive. So right. Even just, even just getting the word out that um, there are charities involved, hopefully that, you know, that will be something like, you know, after the Boston Marathon, so much good that was done just to kind of keep, um, keep things going and allow some of these charities and organizations to continue to to help people. I think that's extremely extremely important. Um, so I said, if there's at least one good thing that comes out of it, is that there is um, a charity element. How, how how about you? It's been you know three and a half years just about now. I mean, how was your mental state? I mean, do you still do you do you suffer from 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 mental uh, illness after this? Or you do you still get upset? Do you have trouble sleeping? <laughs> Flashbacks. I, I mean, I suffer from mental illness before. You may have before as well. Yeah, maybe. I don't think you got cured that day, but I'm, I'm uh, saying, do you, do, you, do, you, do you do you still do you battle this stuff still? Is it something that's with you every day? Um, not really. I have some memory issues. Um, uh, just because of uh, you know, I was tr- diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury, and I have a little bit of, of memory and, and handwriting issues. Um, that that kind of pop up, but I don't try to let these things get in my way. You know, the things that make me craziest in life are my, you know, two boys going crazy and chasing the dog around the house. Right. Um, so, that, I mean, I, I focus on uh, what I have now and really uh, kind of a, a motto that I learned from some folks is, is figure out what's important now and, and and focus on that and focus on the things you, you need to do and the things you can do well. I can understand that, but from uh, in a physical standpoint, obviously a different conversation, but just yeah. I'm, I'm curious more mentally, say, you know, a few months in, were there were there down days? Were there days you're thinking this is this is I'm I'm not going to come back from this? Or were you always optimistic about it? Um, you know, right now I'm I'm still optimistic. I was optimistic for a, for a long time, but I think at some point, you know, even when I had to retire, it was a tough decision um, because I had to, to realize that hey, I'm at a, a physical endpoint. Um, things may or may not get better, and and 
to make a decision and to uh, uh, to realize where I'm at and realize I might have some limitations and challenges the rest of my life, but uh, don't let those things get in. I, don't, I try not to let those things get in my way and, and push forward and, and do the best I can with uh, with everything I have. And um, to be honest, I, I'm living on a uh, a pretty good second chance. Um, this time around after I was essentially dead. So I, I look back and I said, well, you know, <laughs> if today was a tough day, I think April 19th through the 21st when I was basically in a coma were a heck of a lot worse. Yeah, not a lot of people who bleed out and survive is my guess. <laughs> I'm guessing that the, the percentage is not high. It, it, it's pretty low. I actually do a nationwide police training. It's a two-and-a-half-day training, and I'm the last segment. And um, they teach about... Um, Buddy aid and, and caring for people who are who are injured or get arterial wounds like I do and use the tourniquets, and they give the um, the, the estimate that you have about three to six minutes to live if you don't get a tourniquet or get somebody to the hospital when they have an arterial bleed, um, and then they say, um, but the next guy you're going to hear from is going to basically blow those statistics <laughs> out of the yeah, water. Yeah, how, how long was it? How long was it for you? Uh, I was out of it um, and, and, and done for before they could fill me up for about 40, 45 minutes. Jesus. I, I lost about 90% of the blood in my body. So, um, you know, <laughs> thankful every day I got taken to Mount Auburn Hospital and the um, the real heroes took over from there and and, uh, and put me back together. So, where where were you? Place. Where were you when the bombing actually happened? Um, I was uh, standing in front of Marianne, so I could I could smell the uh, stale beer um, over there at uh, Cleveland. Circle. Oh, so you're right in the Marianne. route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So it was. Uh, yeah, I remember. I didn't remember for a long time, and now I clearly remember where I was uh, when everything happened. And, I mean, could you even imagine at the time? You know, when you first even heard, forget when you first heard the explosion or, or whatever. You see, like like everybody else. I mean, could you possibly imagine then when you found out the bombing how that would actually you know, interact with your life, whatever, three days later. Is that right, three days later, four days later? Just about three and a half days later. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, not at all. Um, not at all. First is the shock that, um, it, you know, you hear the first radio call and you're like, oh, okay, nothing, maybe some idiot right. you know, pulling some stunt, you know, like the guy that used to run and jump and grab people off the course thinking it was that idiot again. Right. And then when you hear the second radio call, it's the, uh, oh, this is uh, this is serious stuff. And then, really, do I think three days later it's going to affect me and the people around me so much? I could never ever have believed it. We had um, we've had uh, Chief Devereaux in with us a couple of times on the show, and he said nobody in that department ever fired a gun in action. Right? Is that right? As far as I've heard, um, that's correct. And then they have a team shootout on April nineteenth. And you have no memory of that night whatsoever. Uh, a little bit here and there, you know, going going to work and and, and things have, have slowly um, slowly come back. I remember um, you know texting with a buddy of mine earlier that night and uh, kind of making fun of each other. And that was actually before um, before Sean was killed. And I remember just a little bit being there and then riding around with uh, another kind of police officer around Cambridge. And then uh, next thing I know, we're in uh, we're in Watertown and and uh, <laughs> the lights go dark for a few days from there. Do you think if you could, would you want to remember it all if you could or no? Uh, absolutely. You know, I'd like to fill the gaps. I mean, to be honest, I don't even remember my kid's first Christmas a few months before that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'd love to get a few of those um, memories sure. back, you know, the good and the bad, um, if I could. And like I said about the physical state, um, if they come back, that's fantastic. And if not, I can I can live my life 
regardless. Are you were you pro death penalty? I tend to only share that um, those thoughts because of the uh, crazies on either side of the equation. I tend to just keep that opinion to um, to myself. But um, my main opinion was, uh, regardless of what was going to happen during the trial, we knew that um, Jahar Sonayev wasn't going anywhere and isn't going to do anything for the rest of his life, no matter how short or how long it is. Were you frustrated at all? We did a lot of shows on it. Were you frustrated at all when you would read some of these op-eds from people that say, you know, a guy like this deserves to stay alive. He deserves a chance of rehabilitation. His we had we had one expert on who said his brain was not fully formed yet. He wasn't an adult. Would stuff? Would you read stuff like that, or would you try and stay? Away? Did you go to the trial a lot, or no? I I, went, I didn't go a lot. Um, there was a lot of things that, to be honest, um, trials are pretty boring, pretty monotonous, uh, right? Yeah. Hearing, hearing, you know, they everybody before you can get into what they're testifying about, you basically have to give a bio on your life. Right, right, um, right. So after hearing enough of that, um, you know, the the FBI tech stuff is cool, but I, I don't need to hear about um, triangulating cell phones and bouncing off towers. Um, I have heard enough of that um, the last few lifetimes. But you know, I did go to the trial. I went to to a few days of it um, here and there. I went to the, when they talked about Watertown and. Um, when they covered the murder of Officer Collier and, and certainly the, the first few days and um, in the last few days of the actual trial, I, I did attend. Did you watch the HBO documentary? Yes, I did. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, I, I, it was footage probably you've seen and I haven't seen. I thought some of it was unbelievable, especially, you know, uh, the part where the kid, this poor kid goes into the gas station, is begging to use the phone. And the guy who's running the gas station is looking at him like, yeah, g- give me a fucking second, which I have things to do. It was it's it was wild to me. I'm thinking this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, it. it <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Um, that that was pretty crazy. Um, the thing for me is, you know, I've met, I think everybody in that in that documentary. I, I had, um, you know, basically lived at Spalding Rehab for a month, and, and some of these folks were, mm-hmm. you know, doing to rehab along uh, alongside of me, and, and uh, it tells a lot of the stories that you don't see behind the scenes. You don't realize that. Um, what one incident in one second can can change your life for forever? Do you have a good relate? I mean, do you have a you used to talk to these other survivors, a lot of these the bombing survivors as well, frequently, or do you see them a lot? Is there some sort of communication still? Um, I, I think so. Um, things things pop up in, in the community. Uh, you know, I living out in the burbs now. I don't have to go to Boston that much either. So right. I'm kind of uh, lazy in that regard, but, but I certainly, um, I certainly do see a lot of folks. I'm, um, I'm actually attending an event with the Ardondo foundation uh, next, or sorry, tomorrow, I think <laughs> tomorrow. I don't even know what day it is uh, tomorrow. So there's certainly when folks do some, um, some great charity work or I see people at the Red Cross blood drives, I definitely, um, Keep in contact with uh, w- with several of, of the other survivors and people affected by the family or families affected, um, like the Colliers. Are you able? You said you had some handwriting issues, some memory issues. Does the does the injuries, other stuff, affect your day in day out life in terms of you know playing with the kids or doing this or doing that? Are you affected greatly or limited somewhat? Or where are you at right now today physically? Physically today, um, basically my entire left foot. Um, burns. Uh, it mm-hmm. burns all the way up to uh, to my knee and my left my left leg. Um, and uh, I don't want to give you a complaint session. No, <laughs> I, no. I, I, I think because you're I think you're allowed to say I'll give you a couple, yeah. Dick, and I'll tell you to shut up. Yeah. You're allowed two yeah. or three, okay? Oh, uh, that's fine. My, my wife doesn't want to hear it anyway. <laughs> She's heard it for three years. Right. Um, but 
you know, physically, I, I am limited. I used to uh, to really enjoy running, and now it is it, it hurts. It's hard, and yeah. I'm extremely slow. Um, and um, I've all but had to give that up. I'm definitely not going to be a competitive runner anymore. Maybe it's just getting old. Um, but that's something that I've kind of had to push to the wayside because when I tried, I injured the other side, and uh, it takes me a long time to recover from that. And you know, occasionally I'll uh, trip going down the stairs, and it. it um, it's something that, you know, I, I don't realize it's there, but now thinking about it, I can definitely feel my foot <laughs> oh. on fire as we, uh, as we speak, but try not to limit me too much, but it, it does, it does get in the way, especially later in the day. You talk about your memory issues, about not being able to remember stuff, but can you remember, I mean, is your memory issues, uh, memory okay if I asked you about like two weeks ago or six months oh, ago? Yeah. That part's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, I'm back in school now, and I haven't mm-hmm. used that as an excuse yet. But I haven't got I haven't got my final grade, so yeah. I can always pull that one out. But um, <laughs> yeah, so what do you do? No, it, it's really just a time period in my right. life, and then just occasionally um, uh, forgetting things and just having to have everything kind of written out. So you retired? Uh, I want to say you retired like ten months ago. Is that right or no? Am I wrong? February um, this year? No, I wasn't back for that long after I came, after I went back to work in two thousand and. Uh, in 15, but mm-hmm. officially it didn't kick in until earlier um, in 2016. I, mean, I think I was officially off the books in July, but I wasn't I wasn't working any time this year. Friends of police. I mean, did you try? Did you try and go back and, and, and work? And you just said this isn't happening, or um, I, I did, and then I uh, weighed what the um, department could accommodate and what I was comfortable with, and right. and, and that sort of thing. You know, I'm certainly not going to put somebody else's uh, life or safety, whether it be a fellow officer or uh, a civilian, if if um, you know something happens and I'm not quick enough, or or if I um, trip getting out of a cruiser because you know, it occasionally happens, right? That um, it wasn't going to work out for me long term, and it wasn't going to work out, and wasn't going to be fair for the um, for the department to keep me on either. So I just weighed a few of those things and, and talked with a lot of people about um, where I where I can go with my future and what I should do and, and what the right decision is. And I'm very confident I made it. I mean, obviously you seem like an optimistic guy that was that, but that must've been, I'm guessing, and I'll let you answer, uh, if not crushing, you know, upsetting, I would think to some extent for you to have to, to do that. It, it was, it was, it was a tough decision uh, because I had, I had said all, all along that, um, that I wanted to, to get back to the job. I wanted right. to get back to policing. So when you look at it and you look back, you say, was it, um, when did I fail? You know, did I was I not man enough? Did I did I fail? Was I not um, strong enough? And then uh, I had to be reminded, and a lot of folks, you know, gave me the heads up, and people have been through similar situations. Like, hey, Dick, you know, even if you made it back for a minute or a day, you still accomplished that goal. So I can look back and say, you know what, uh, I accomplished it. I accomplished it with the help of uh, of a lot of people. And now I have the opportunity to, to take my experiences and, and continue to make an impact on my community, even through other channels. Yeah. So what are you doing? So what are you doing now? You mentioned school. What's right. going on? What's going on with you now? Yeah, I'm, I'm pursuing a doctoral degree to so a Ph.D. in criminal justice at, at UMass Lowell. Um, that gets you pretty busy. And I, I also um, participate in a uh, nationwide Bureau of Justice Assistance uh, training program. So. Um, I travel with that pretty frequently. I also uh, I travel on my own to do uh, speaking about what 
organizations and officers can do to best prepare themselves and their families and the people around them for a situation like mine because it can happen any day. Any, any day, and people should be ready and be prepared. This, is this Valor for Blue? Is that right or no? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And you find that, I mean, you find this, this second act of your career to be as satisfying as, 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 as when you were, you know, in day in, day out duty as an officer? It's a fantastic program. So I, I absolutely 100% support I'm, I'm pretty proud to even have been uh, offered the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to be a part of that group. And I just, uh, I just got back from Buffalo, so I got to make fun of um, uh, some officers out there for being <laughs> Bills fans. Um, but, <laughs> But really share my story and hopefully make make a difference. And, and similarly, by pursuing a PhD and hopefully getting to teaching in the future, um, that I'll be able to, to share some things and, and, and shed some light on the next generation of leaders in criminal justice. I know it's corny. and I know it's probably going to be part of the message of the movie, which I'm going to see in a couple of days. You saw it, but there is something. I grew up here. I know you grew up here, too. There's, there is something to the idea of Boston and what it means in situations like what happened three and a half years ago? I mean, I absolutely believe the city of Boston would react differently than other cities. Maybe that's me being sentimental, but it does feel that way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's true. I mean, for me, I was on the receiving end, and it was it was pretty it was pretty special. The things that people did. I mean, I went to work one day just as you know, just as a cop, you know, kind of minding my own business. And um, then the next day I'm involved and tied in with this incident. Even when I was thinking about it, of you know, the first couple of days after the bombing, I was like, man, I want to get, I want to get one of those Boston Strong T-shirts. They're only making 300 of them. You know, I want to be part of that. Right. And being kind of excited about that, and then just a couple of days later, uh-oh, uh, I'm on the receiving end of that. And um, and there was just so much, um, so many great stories and, and selfless acts of people that. Um, made a difference and 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 uh you know again this would be like a a 24-hour documentary if uh if they wanted to even scratch the surface of what some of those great things great things were so um if you look at it on on the bright side of things it's it's all those good things that came out of something so evil and so terrible do you believe do you buy into the you know your perspective changes when you have a, a situation like you had but i'm guessing even like now so it's been a couple of years do you find you might find yourself bitching about something or complaining about something during the day and then you step away and say what am i doing why am i complaining about you know a line at the supermarket or traffic i mean does that happen to you now or no <laughs> um kirk i'm actually wired um differently i don't mind the big things and the little things actually drive me crazy so i i absolutely complain about lines and and everything so little things if i drop my coffee right it's gonna ruin my day right um but i can't complain you know people are are, are upset about the you know the move this movie coming out or um or you know somebody totals my car or it's the, the big big things they don't bother me as much but you can park you well you can park wherever you want now though right I could technically. You don't? I could, I could do that before. But. Oh, well, there you go. That's that's a good point. You never have to worry about traffic. I don't, you know, you've lived you've lived here your whole life, right? Uh, I I took some time. I, mean, I went to school um, in Virginia, and then I, I lived uh, overseas for for a little right. while. But right. Oh, I, I've been right. Here for most. For most but that's of my what life. I mean. You're you're. Is it me or is is traffic right now worse than it's ever been in my life here? What happened? What 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 is going on? Look, when I when I was looking at. Second career type things. I said, "Look, I live north of the city. Uh, I don't. I didn't quite make it back to uh, to Winchester. It's well, a little. It got, it got, I got a little priced out of the market, so I couldn't make it back home. So did I. 
Um, I, you know, I, I tried to, you know, maybe push my, my grandmother out. She lives near the country club. But what, 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 uh, year did you, what year did you graduate, Winchester High? I was 98. 98? I was 93. So we missed each yeah. other, yeah. Yeah, missed each other by a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I, I lived north of the city, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to avoid driving into Boston at all, <laughs> at right. all costs. And I, I, I successfully accomplished that, I'd say, you know, uh, 28 out of 30 days per month. Yeah, that's true. But still, you know, ninety five sucks, ninety three sucks for two. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask you this: If somebody, you know, if somebody comes up to you today or tomorrow and says, "Hey, I have some reservations about seeing this movie. I'm worried I'm going to be upset. I'm worried about you know Hollywood making money off this. Should I go see this movie? Would you recommend this movie? I guess would be my question. Would you tell them yes or no? Hmm, that's a tough question. You know, it's. It, it's a, it's a personal it's a personal call. I think um, each person can decide whether they want to see it or not. If they feel exploitive, then you're going to come out of it feeling like it was exploitive, even if it was great. Even if the movie itself is great, if, if you think that um, it's going to be superior, they're going to show certain things. You could be surprised that you know they leave certain things out. So it's it's really I think and and I know at least locally it's going to be a, a personal call. You know I know folks that. You know, nurses that worked on me, they said, I'm not going to see it. Or officers that, um, you know, worked in Boston or worked in Marathon, they may want to see it or they may not not want to relive that. Um, so it's it's um, it's pretty graphic. It's uh, at, at some points it's uh, it's gory. So, you know, I would caution folks about that, especially if they were involved in in uh, in, in some of these incidents. But if you want to look at it, you know, conversely, you know, there's some, and I think we talked about it already. There's some powerful messages about about our community and about our overall um, resilience that it definitely scratches the surface of. Yes. Is there any uh, uh, foundation stuff or anything you want to promote for us? Anything you have coming up? Oh, don't blow my cover. I'm actually meeting with somebody tomorrow. So hopefully, hopefully in um, in 2017. Um, I have some uh, some good things going on, so I, I've been kind of mulling it for a while, and and then uh, between school and the kids and and, yeah. and doing other things in my life, it, uh, things get things get put off. But hopefully in 2017 we'll have some good things going on. But um, one thing that anybody can do any day of the week, and it's free, is donating blood. You can find a blood drive. I might go this week. Um, to donate blood because I needed it to to survive, and I've met other people, whether it be a car accident or a surgery, where they needed blood, um, even on a moment's notice. So um, you can find the Red Cross blood drives or uh, or a hospital blood drive. Just go in, um, takes less than an hour total to get in and out. You might get some cookies and a T-shirt as well. And um, there you go. Something you can do in the community to make a difference, and it's 100 percent. Free. I'll ask you the most important. Thanks for that. And I'll ask you the most important question to wrap it up. What's the best pizza place in Winchester? Bellino's is closed. Gone, uh, gone, gone. I love. Oh, I love Bellino's. You know, I, I lived. Um, I actually lived near uh, uh, Louis Pizza, which is technically that's Woburn, though. That's Woburn. That's Woburn. But I mean, I lived. I went to Lynch School, so it's like right. I mean, you could basically walk there from from my house growing up. Dick, it was never. Every time I saw it, it was never open. It was it, like, okay. It, it technically, it is never open. And if it's Sundays, you have to order first thing in the morning. Uh, that's one of Winchester. Um, 
and I'm I'm a glorious uh, steak and cheese. Oh, guy, glorious to be is great. Honest. I was all I've glorious always been I've always guy. been an Andrea's loyalist my whole life though. That was Andrea's my is, Andrea's that was my good. place. That was the great place you would go at like eleven o'clock at night when there was no party. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, or Bill or Bill and Bob's in Woburn to be fair. Right, you know, but that's just over the line. That's I know it doesn't. It doesn't qualify. It doesn't qualify. No, it, it, I, I definitely give Andrea's a shout out too. There. Yeah, when the Bellinos close, when was that? When was what? When the Bellinos closed. That was a while ago. It, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. It was open when I was a kid, though. I've never been to that. Louis, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I've driven by it, Dick, I would say in my life. I'm not kidding here because I grew up in Winchester. I would say 2,000 times. I think it's been open twice when I've driven by it in my life. <laughs> I always thought it was like a mob front. You got to, uh, yeah, you, you know, if you go right after work, if you get there, I know I know it's open 11 to 1 because I'd stop in there or, uh, <laughs> At least for an afternoon, uh, afternoon slice. And, what kind of place and, uh, is open from eleven you, you, to one? I know. Well, I know it's open then. Oh, oh okay, it's I got hard, you. It's hard to park, but it's definitely open lunchtime. All right, excellent. Well, maybe we'll, we'll grab a, a slice there one time. I'll pay for it, Dick. We really appreciate it, and, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much. Right, Take thanks, care. Dick. All right, bye. All right, thanks again for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. Actually, you know what? I'm really not thankful at all. You should be thanking me. You get this shit every week, these great podcasts, totally free. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes, download it, go to Stitcher, do the same, and leave a rating, leave a review. That's where you can help me out. This podcast is going to be number one again. I guarantee it. And you're going to help me along with the process. So for that, I guess at the end, maybe I will thank you. There's a lot of thank yous going back and forth. Here's the point. Fuck you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.